Have you ever walked outside on a cold winter's day, taken a deep breath and known just from the smell that it's going to snow? If so, you're not alone. I'm Meg Rosenberg, and on today's podcast, we're shoveling our way to the bottom of a wintry mystery, the physics behind the smell of snow. I guess I would say that no one has ever really tested the smell of snow. <laughs> Pamela Dalton is a senior scientist studying olfaction at the Monell Chemical Census Center in Philadelphia. And according to her, there's a whole world of physics behind our sense of smell. But can we really smell snow? After all, it's mostly just water. So what is it that we're actually smelling? I don't find it surprising that people think that there's a sensation generated, even if it's the absence of smell. It's like when you don't hear sound, you still hear external sound. You still hear what's going on, you know, inside your body. Have you ever been in like a flotation tank where you can hear, you know, your heartbeat? You can almost hear blood rushing through the veins in your head. So in the absence of stimulation or just cold stimulation, the olfactory system is constantly active and could well be filling in with, you know, this sort of very clean kind of palette that is being perceived by the receptors in the brain. So part of the smell of snow is actually the absence of smell, and the chilly temperatures are responsible for that. The first way temperature plays into that is making the molecules more available to be smelt. So when it's hot, they're going to be more active in the environment. Smell is a very direct sense. Molecules have to be physically transported into your breathing zone so they can make it into your nose to be detected as a scent. Just about everything around you gives off molecules this way. But for the truly smelly stuff, these molecules are very volatile. That is, they're easy to evaporate and move around. For a molecule to evaporate, it has to have enough kinetic energy to overcome the attractive forces of the molecules around it and escape into the wild blue yonder. Lower temperatures, less kinetic energy, less evaporation. When it snows, it's usually around 32 to 35 degrees, maybe a little colder. And the molecules tend to stay where they are. They're less volatile. And in order for us to smell them, they have to be airborne and they have to be capable of being transported into our nose where they bind to the receptors and generate a perception. Think of anything when it's cold, like eating a cup of cold soup versus eating a cup of hot or warm soup, it's going to smell different because you are liberating more of the volatiles that are contained in all the chemicals that are in the soup. That's the first way temperature plays into the smell of snow. There's just not as much to smell when it's cold. There's another temperature effect, though, that has more to do with the physics of snout than the physics of snow. The second part is that our noses probably do a better job when the mucus in our nose is both warm and humidified. The amazing thing about our noses is that it can take below freezing air in one sniff and by passing it over these projections inside our nose called turbinates, warm them up to body temperature before it hits our lungs, which is a really good thing. And that's exactly what the nose does. Our incredible noses act as portable heaters and humidifiers for the air we inhale, a crucial function since our lungs would not be happy with a wintry blast of cold, dry air. That conditioning also preps the air to flow past the olfactory receptors, and everything works best at its swampiest. Warmth and moisture are your schnoz's best friends. 
Just before a snowstorm, the humidities bumped up a little bit, and that extra moisture in the air may feed into our perception of what impending snow smells like. Our noses work better when they're well humidified rather than very, very dry, which is the usual case indoors in the wintertime with our heating. And so snow will humidify it a little bit. That little added boost of humidity in the environment allows our equipment to operate at a higher level, and we're a little more sensitive to what is there to be smelt. There's a third factor here that's really not about smell at all, but it's part and parcel of what we tend to remember as smell, the physical sensations that we feel in the process of breathing. The coldness will trigger another sensory system in our nose, which is the trigeminal receptors. Olfaction is the first cranial nerve, trigeminal is the fifth cranial nerve, and that's what allows us to feel sensations such as hot, cold, burning of chili peppers, the coolness of menthol. It's chemical, it's physical, it's also potentially mechanical. Like just the sensation of air in our nose when we inhale, that's stimulating trigeminal receptors that line the mucous layers of our nose. And so breathing in super cold air is going to feel different than breathing in normal body temperature air or super hot air. And that's all part of what the trigeminal sense is giving us. And it's very hard for us to perceptually disentangle the two. Like if you tell somebody to imagine the smell of ammonia or bleach, what they're probably going to imagine is both the olfactory component, but also the tingling that it produces. Even though those are two completely different sensory systems, go to different parts of the brain, but they kind of bind together into a unitary perception. So temperature and humidity affect our sense of smell in several ways, adding up to what we think of as the scent of snow. Fragrant, volatile molecules are weighed down by the cold, keeping them out of our noses. Our smellers are very sensitive to the moisture in the air, and the physical sensation of breathing cold air is very distinct. But of course, there's more going on here than physics alone. You know, of course, we are not using a single sensory modality. You know, you're, you're not going to think you're going to smell snow in the middle of the summer because nobody gets snow in, you know, the East Coast in the middle of the summer. So there's an expectation combined with probably a little heightened vigilance in terms of scanning our environment, you know, in terms of smell. If you go into a room and I tell you that, you know, there's coffee brewing in there, no matter what the smell is initially, you're going to try to fit it into that coffee, you know, niche. And that's very powerful in our sense of smell. It's, it's a sense that we don't have as much confidence in as we do vision or hearing. And so it's very easy for us to be sort of misled in terms of what we think we're smelling. There's a healthy dose of subjectivity involved here too, but many people, myself included, maintain that the smell of snow is distinct and consistent. So what does an olfaction scientist say when someone insists that they can sniff out a brewing snowstorm? I say, tell me what you think you're smelling. <laughs> Try to describe it, and we're really bad at that. We don't have any language for smell. We reference it to the object itself that it reminds us of, but we don't have specific qualities like, I mean, perfumers have them, wine connoisseurs have them. Essentially, it's a created language, but nevertheless, we don't have a common one among average people that allows us to share our smell impressions in a very faithful way. So the lack of a language for smell actually impedes us from sharing these kinds of perceptions. It's very hard to do. 
So the next time you think you can smell when winter is coming, give a symbolic round of applause for the amazing physical laboratory that is your nose for handling all that winter physics when you step outside. It does certainly provide a sensation that while the, the specific molecules may not be unique to snow, the combination of the cold, the humidity, and the molecules might actually make us think, wow, you know, this is, this is going to snow, it's going to be a big snow, that sort of thing. It's a fascinating topic. I think no one has really studied it extensively, how, you know, the different environmental conditions really affect our sense of smell on a regular basis. But it's clear from anecdotal evidence that it does. And so, you know, it's, it's, it's fun to validate what people think they're experiencing, you know, like the smell of snow before it actually begins. You've been listening to the Physics Central Podcast. I'm Meg Rosenberg, and if you're curious, you can find more information on the smell of snow on our website, physicsbuzz.physicscentral.com.